Today on the 1012 Podcast, Big 12 softball season is here. Leah Nelson, Eric Lopez join us to talk about the biggest games of the weekend, a little bit of a season preview, and some bowl predictions for 2024. Then Houston softball head coach Kristen Vesely joins us to talk about their roster overhaul and some bulletin board material they may or may not have ready for the year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 14 teams in the Big 12 Conference, plus Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. We are the flagship show of the 1012 Podcast Network. Find every show on the network at 1012network.com. And we are partners with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network. I'm your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. Oh, it's here. It's finally here. I'm so excited. I'm so ready. I know all of you probably listening today are as well. It is the first day of college softball season, which means it is our first, let's call it our first official 10-12 softball pod. Here's what we're going to be doing every Thursday through the season. It will be myself, and I will be joined by two absolutely fantastic co-hosts. I'm 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 so excited. I am I am honored and privileged to be able to call them co-hosts with me for the rest of the season. Uh joining us will be, if you listened last week, you know, she is former Iowa State outfielder Leah Nelson. Leah, welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and he is the voice of UCF softball and the host of the In the Circle podcast. And hopefully, I, Eric Lopez. Eric, I am hoping you're just going to become one of the voices of Big 12 softball. Yes. I'm not opposed to it, I, I, but I'm awesome. I'm excited to be a part of this show, especially getting to work with Leah, who, uh, as I learned on social media when the announcement, pretty popular person, rightfully <laughs> so. So I, I'm just honored to be in her presence. This is good. We got a lot of positive on, on Twitter for Leah. We got a lot of positive mm-hmm. on Twitter for Eric. And I am also here just going to kind of wrangle. All the, I'm just here to edit the audio <laughs> and make sure everyone's recording gets where it's supposed to go. And I'm going to let you guys do the heavy lifting, which is pretty much the whole idea of this show uh, on every episode, every single week. So uh, softball season gets underway today, Thursday, if this is the day you're listening to it. If not, it's on Friday. That's OK. There's still play games all weekend long. A ton of games. The, the, the non-conference just offers us so many opportunities with with so many neutral site events going on, so many interesting matchups, so many opportunities for something exciting to talk about. So the way we're going to kind of do this moving forward is we're going to kind of each pick a game of the week, one game, or if there is a series that we think is one three-game series it's worth talking about, we can talk about it, that we will think is worth highlighting. Um, We'll kind of hit on a couple other ones as well, but three we really want to focus on. And then I think we're going to end this one uh, with some bold predictions for the season. And then after we wrap, Houston softball head coach Kristen Vaselli is going to join me. We're going to preview Houston, talk about softball, their first season in the Big 12. She is a fantastic interview. I'm. They are an interesting case study this year. We're used to seeing 
roster overhauls in football. We're used to saying roster overhauls in basketball. We're not used to saying roster overhauls in softball, but that's kind of what they did. Nine out, 10 in. We're going to talk about that. But before we get to to Coach Vaselli, let's talk about our games of the week. We have, I mean, I, I had to put a Word doc together of options for game of the week. And it is it is not a short list. There is a lot of options here. I mean, Thursday alone, you get BYU, Ole Miss, and OU Duke. Uh, Friday, Iowa State and Duke, Kansas, Oregon, uh, Baylor, Tennessee starts a three-game series. Texas, UCLA, OU plays Washington. The rest of the weekend, you get Texas, Tech's got Florida State. Uh, Iowa State's got Washington. Texas has UCLA again. Oklahoma State's got UCLA. It's just, it is a loaded weekend. And those are just the, like, marquee. I've got a list of honorable mention games that are worth keeping an eye on. Everybody in the Big 12 this week, and this is kind of where I want to start, is everyone in the Big 12 this week has an opportunity to to start the season off strong, put themselves on the map early in the year, and really start building a resume to put themselves in a position to make the postseason. You're absolutely correct on that. That's 100%, Philip. And I think take a page out of the Big 12 in men's basketball. Built that early resume in the non-conference portion of the season so that by the time you get to conference, your league is so strong that you could put a ton of teams in the NCAA tournament. I think that's one of the storylines this year for the Big 12. We know what the Big 12 has been carried with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor last year was great. But can the league now take that next step and be a five, six, seven team uh, projected field? Like you know, they were the number one RPI conference last year, but yet only got four teams in. Basically, Iowa State was the last team a couple years ago got the fifth team in. I think they're going to get more than four this year. But they got to do it starting this week with big games series. Leah, as you know, even though it's opening weekend, everybody's excited. We're seeing more and more marquee matchups opening weekend, and I've got my eye on your Cyclones in Puerto Vallarta starting off. Again, they're going to be playing the the powerhouses there, Duke and Washington. That's a big opening statement there for Iowa State this weekend to get off to a good start and avoid a slow start that digged them in last year. I think if Iowa State would have gotten not dug themselves a hole last year, you would have been a tournament team last year. Yeah, I agree. I mean – Teams really need to focus on this opening week. Sometimes um, the excitement and the pressure, you get lost in these games, but you have to come out and you have to start with a winning record. Like you said, you'll dig yourself in a hole. And then before you know it, it might be too late to make regionals. You might be that last team um, just on that edge. So uh, like you said, Iowa State, I'm super excited. We kind of talked before we started recording. Obviously they have Duke, but um, they play Washington. And a couple years ago in Mary Nutter, uh, they lost uh, to a close game 1-0. So I'm excited to see how they start. Hopefully it's hot. Hopefully they start doing well. I mean, I love my Cyclones, but but it should be pretty good. All right. So let's go through, like I said, we've we've got a an awesome lineup of week one. There are plenty of softball to watch it. If you're a big softball fan or you just want to get into it, I hope you have ESPN plus there's tons of big 12 softball on ESPN plus all season. I will probably get a flow softball subscription for one month and one month only (laughs) just so I can watch a few of those games. It's the only time of the year that I'm willing to give them any money, but it's, it's worth it just to watch the Iowa States and Kansas softballs of the world. Uh, Let's go through our games of the week. Eric, why don't you start us off? Which which game uh, this weekend do you have circled as the one you are most excited to, to catch? Well, obviously, I'm going to full this uh, cheap plug. I will be excited about calling UCF UConn opening night Thursday and then the rest of the weekend against Seattle. So let's put that one aside for a moment. Oklahoma State. 
against UCLA late in the weekend. And I'm excited because, Phil, we talked about this last week. I think Oklahoma State, to me, has the most questions of the top teams in the Big 12. They Obviously, we, we don't, we're not going to dwell on the whole Kelly Maxwell strama that transferring from Oklahoma. That's been well said. It's been enough has been said about that. I'm more interested in the personnel that they lost. They lost some championship-type metal players, position players, offensively and defensively, like Naomi, Becker, and company. And I spoke to Kenny Gajewski, and he admitted he doesn't know what he has yet. He's got a young talent. He knows he has young talent, but he doesn't know what that means when you translate that to the field. And they're not starting easy going out to to UCLA. I know the weather's been bad, but from my sources, they're pretty confident that's going to get played. It's obviously national television, so we're going to learn quickly how Oklahoma State looks with a young team where a team that I think Lexi Kilfoyle may have to carry them early in the season until they find themselves offensively with two new assistant coaches. Carrie Eberly, the new pitching coach, obviously pitched at Oklahoma State, and then Vanessa Shippey had take over around Christmas time when Coach Gajewski made a, a coaching change in the offensive side of the ball. So I am intrigued to see how Oklahoma State looks with all some of these new faces. I agree. I'm excited that game is going to be on Sunday. I believe it's at three o'clock. It's on ESPN, not ESPN plus ESPN two. It is on ESPN. So that is a big opportunity. Uh, I, I, if you're a softball fan, it's ESPN. Like that's, that's national television. That's going to be a big one to see. Uh, okay. Leah, uh, if you have a cyclone game here, that's fine. I, I, I can't, I, you have so much Iowa state inside it. I can't wait to hear more and more stories about coach Pinkerton. <laughs> Uh, he listens to the show. Uh, so yeah, I got to be free, but careful with what I say, but obviously <laughs> I'm really excited to watch my cyclones. I mean, a lot of my friends are still on the team, um, big games against Duke and Washington, uh, like we mentioned, but my game that I'm super excited to watch is Baylor versus Tennessee. I have always loved Baylor. I think they're such a powerhouse, but what I'm excited about is that Baylor and Tennessee, they have a three-game series right off the bat, which I love. It's kind of like a Big 12 matchup. Um, I mean, you have to throw out all your pitchers. You have to show all your cards um, in a three-game matchup. But uh, I think Tennessee is going to be out for blood. Uh, last time they they played against each other, Baylor beat them twice, 1-0, and then two days later it was 8-5. to So it's going to be a pretty intense matchup at Baylor. Uh, I mean, they have Shaylin Govin, one of the best hitters I've ever seen in the big 12. I mean, she was an all American second team last year, but she was unanimous all big 12 selection this year. So it'll be really exciting. And then obviously Dari Orm, uh, in the circle, she is one of my favorite pitchers. Um, and not only is she a great pitcher, but she's so athletic in that circle, um, which is huge in, uh, in big 12. Uh, obviously you have great hitters, speed, uh, so a pitcher to be able to uh, get those bunts and uh, be athletic is pretty, pretty exciting. So I'm pumped to see them. Obviously, Tennessee's unreal with Kiki Malloy, um, arguably one of the best college softball players as well. So that's the one I'm going to be watching for sure. Yeah, three game series. Um, that's that's kind of become a thing that that Baylor's done the last few mm-hmm. years is starting off with something like that. And I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. And to have a team like Tennessee to open up with, like that's it's a great way to challenge yourself on opening weekend. Uh, those games will be on ESPN Plus, Big Twelve now. Uh, those begin on Friday. I believe that Friday is at six thirty. Uh, Saturday is at two o'clock, and Sunday the finale is at twelve thirty. So go ahead and mark them for that. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different here. Um, there's plenty of options. 
uh, of ranked matchups. Obviously, Oklahoma's got some great games. We can talk about those in a second. Uh, Texas has got UCLA as well. I wanted to look for a Big 12 team that kind of needs to do it this year. Like this is this is if they're gonna get to the postseason, if this coach is gonna have an opportunity, this is the year. And it's Kansas because this feels like a year where next year is gonna be a bit of a rebuilding year for Kansas. And I think last year was Coach McFall's best team in Lawrence. I think she brought back, I mean, all but like two players, all but two starters, I believe, from last year's roster. Like this team is her best team. There's a ton of experience. And they're gonna open the season up on Friday at four o'clock or three o'clock, four o'clock central time against Oregon, like number 15, Oregon. Um, that's a that's an interesting challenge right out of the gate in Clearwater, Florida for them to really try and see what can this Kansas team do. I am very interested in Kansas this season because, again, I think I've got a bowl pick coming up later about the season. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge teams in the postseason. I think this gives us an opportunity to really see if is is Kansas going to be able to do something this year or not. And I think game one of the season for Kansas against Oregon is a huge opportunity for them to come out, like we said, right out of the gate and show everybody that they've got something to keep an eye on this year. Well, it's an experienced team. And Jennifer McFalls and talking to her on the podcast, this is the most excited she's been about this roster. Uh, Talked to Casey Hamilton. They got, obviously, she's the leader in that pitching staff. Ludwig is an experienced pitcher. They feel they have all the pieces. They feel they're healthy. They've had some injury issues in the past that's prevented them. Will Do they have the consistency? This is a team that beat Oklahoma State, right? They could beat Baylor, but then drops a game that you kind of shake your head. How do you drop that game on a midweek or et cetera? And they're challenging themselves. That Oregon game is at the NFCA leadoff classic in Clearwater. They're going to spend some time in Leesburg. And I think for teams, we mentioned Iowa State early, the Iowa States, the the Kansas, Texas Techs. How do they get off to do they get off to good starts in the first couple weeks? If they do, they could be on that radar for the NCAA tournament. If they struggle off the bat, then now you're kind of concerned digging yourself a hole before you get to conference play. So I, I'm with you. I think Kansas is intriguing. They are the team with the longest drought as far as making the NCAA tournament, the Big 12. And I think I'm curious to see. I know they're looking forward to trying to make a statement in the first couple of weeks. And boy, playing an Oregon team that I think is a World Series contender, we're, we're going to learn a lot. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Uh count Kansas out. Uh, as long as I've played, uh, they're always in every game. You might think that you're, you're about to beat Kansas and then they come out with some crazy, some crazy stats. So, uh, I definitely wouldn't count them out. I'm excited to see what they have to, what they're going to do this year. Uh, and I, I agree. I hope they make the NCAA tournament. I mean, look, for Kansas for opening weekend, they've also got Central Arkansas, who I think is going to be really good again, uh, a really fun mid-major. They've got a game against USF in this opening weekend as well. Uh, that's on the 12th, or I guess that's midweek. Uh, like, they've they've got a plenty of opportunity this weekend to to start really building a resume. I'm, I look at this weekend, I'm just, it's, it's so hard not to be excited um, and look at some of these really fun games. I, like I said, I had some honorable mention ones here. Texas Tech. It's got a couple games against Charlotte, who I think should be a good team this year. Uh, UCF, as you mentioned, Eric's got UConn. Uh, UCF's also got a game against Liberty, which should be interesting. I, just, On Valentine's like, night, nothing yeah. better than <laughs> softball there. That's what I'm saying. Hey, there you go. I mean, I I can't promise that I'm going to be spending Valentine's <laughs> night watching softball. We'll see what my wife says. But uh, I'm going to be at least, you know, kind of checking the phone under the table, keeping an eye on how things are going. I got to I gotta put the phone down from five to seven when the, you know, dinner time, the kids get into bed. But then after that, 
it's just me scrolling and, and checking scores, checking scores constantly. Um, any other games this weekend? You guys are like, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to keep my eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say this. I mean, we touched on Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech in Tallahassee. Craig Snyder returns. To Tallahassee was a longtime assistant with Florida State, Lonnie Alameda and Travis Wilson. They won a national championship together in 2018. He returns to Tallahassee, plays the Knowles, plays Charlotte out of the American. You've had them on the show. They're in year two. They had a big improvement, felt 31 wins last season. Year two, do they have enough pitching? I'm confident they're going to hit because I think Craig Snyder knows what he's doing when it comes to offense. Kaylee Wyckoff is a phenomenal talent, the freshman of the year in the Big 12, first Red Raider to ever win a freshman of the year, and ended the Oklahoma stranglehold on the freshman of the year award. It's impressive young women there. But do they have enough pitching? That's, to me, the question. They have a new pitching coach. I'm interested to see how they come out in Lubbock against Charlotte and FSU. And I told Craig, and I asked him, how is it going to be for him and his staff that has all those ties to that program. That could be emotional. That could be a little distracting. You're going to have a lot of memories there. Will they be ready to play, or will that be too big of a moment for the team? I'm really interested to see uh, how they look in Tallahassee this weekend uh, with that weather. So I, I'm, I'm going to be fascinated by that. You touched on Kansas. BYU out west. How do they come out early on? You know, the other sports teams have surprised in the Big 12. BYU making that huge jump from the West Coast Conference. They open with Ole Miss. That's kind of a bubble game. That's a game that you look back in a couple of months and people might forget it, but that could be the difference between being in and out of the bubble. So I, I think that's an interesting game for BYU out West. Maybe an opportunity with Ole Miss having to make that bigger travel than BYU does. Yeah, like we said, loaded weekend. Tons of games to keep an eye on. Uh, we're going to get to our interview with Coach Vaselli in just a minute. Uh, but I got to ask you guys. I asked you to, to prepare one, and, and I'm if, if you're ready, I'll let you go. I'm happy to go first if you want. But a bold prediction for this season for the Big 12. Okay, This is our opportunity to put whatever you want out into the ether. Uh, we will not hold you responsible. We might bring it back up at the end of the year just for fun because, you know, we like to, we like to at least, you know, Admit when we were wrong. It's okay. But this is bold prediction time, so it's okay if we're wrong. Leah, do you have yours ready? Yeah. Oh, do I have mine ready? Yeah. Uh, Let's go nine teams in the NCAA regional. Was that yours? Wow. (laughs) Nine out of ten. Okay. Wow. No, you just, you just, uh, you topped mine. It gives, well, I was going to do eight. That was my plan. And then I'm like, it's 2024. It's time to go big. Okay, wait. Uh, just so that, that the uh, teams and coaches have Baltimore material, uh, who's the one that doesn't get no, it? No, see, that's where I, <laughs> I draw the line. I had to give some wiggle room that just, I don't know. I just said nine teams. She left Iowa State out. Let Pink know. That's the that's the Yeah, please, that's, no. that's the Coach Pink, <laughs> I know you're listening to this. You are in the top nine. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Pink's got a distraction. I, I'm curious how Coach Pinkerton's going to go from Mexico to follow the Super Bowl on Sunday yeah. with his beloved Chiefs. With his Trump. Chiefs, yeah. we we literally could tell how the Chiefs did if we didn't watch the game. By the way, Coach Pink walked into practice the next day. We would all just pray, <laughs> pray. Yeah, that I can see that if he came in and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see that from him. Yeah, that doesn't yes. surprise me. All right, nine teams, team. nine. It'll happen. All right, Eric. Wow. <laughs> so I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to say the Big 12 
has a very good chance to not only host three, have three hosts, top 16 national seeds, but maybe even a fourth host. And none of them is Oklahoma State. That's my bold prediction. I think Oklahoma State, we talked earlier, Phil, they got a lot of questions with their youth. Can they build it in enough time to be a top 16 team again? I don't know. This league's tough. If Baylor's healthy, I think they can host. Oklahoma, we know about them, uh, and we know about Texas. I think those are loaded. And I think UCF brings back a lot of talent from the team that was a host in 2022. They got more depth in, in pitching than they had last year. If UCF gets off to a good start, and I'm talking Clearwater Week 2, Week 3, Mary Nutter, if they win some of those marquee games early, I think they put themselves in position to be in the mix to host again. And again, Oklahoma State, very young. How fast do those youngsters grow up? Don't be surprised. I think the Big 12 can have, I think we'll have three at least guaranteed to host, maybe four, but I'm not sure Oklahoma State's one of going to be one of them this year. So that's And if that's the case, they may have to travel to like an Arkansas or even a Nebraska and they might be the most dangerous, you know, road team there. I, if, I, if I'm a host, I don't want to see Oklahoma State in May. And I think if Kenny Gajewski really is hoping they're clicking down the stretch, the opposite of last year where they kind of limped in before they, uh, you know, won the region on the Supers at home. But that's my bold prediction, Phil. I like it. I like it. That's a good one. Okay. Uh, you guys are taking uh, postseason. So I'm going to take, I'm going to make an in-season prediction. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bold one. Okay. Now this may not sound bold, but let remind you, it hasn't happened in quite some time. Oklahoma is going to lose three conference games this year. Three big 12 losses in not, not postseason, not tournament in the regular season. I don't, I think they've lost three games in regular season total the last two years. No, they didn't lose one last year. So we would have to go back three years to get three conference losses for Oklahoma. I think with playing teams three times in a weekend, having more depth in the conference, everyone's always geared up for Oklahoma. But this is their last shot. OU's off to the SEC next year. This is the last year for Oklahoma in the conference. They have three-time national champs with a favorite to four-peat. I think teams are really going to be geared up for the opportunity here. I'm going to say Oklahoma loses, not a series. I'm not going to go that far, but Oklahoma loses three games in Big 12 play this season. That's a Iowa lot. State, Iowa State, and Iowa State. <laughs> that's, that's Leah Nelson on the bulletin board material. Well, let me let, let me piggyback on that, Philip. They uh, they go to Texas. I would just, mm-hmm. I think they're going to lose a game, at least a game to Texas. That actually, they could lose that series. I think Texas can match up with them. With the pitch. And there's questions with Oklahoma. Well, how will Kelly Maxwell pitch uh, depth-wise? I think they need a Kristen Deal or Monticelli, one of those youngsters, to step up and help on that staff by committee. Uh, Patty Gasso said this week, by the way, that Tiari Jennings will be the starter at shortstop. That's important because I did I do think losing Grace Lyons is a significant loss. But they go to Texas. They go to UCF at the end of the year in April. Host Oklahoma State. Host Be- uh, Baylor. Am, am I assuming... Those losses are coming in there. Are you saying maybe a shocker, uh, one that comes out of nowhere? There, when maybe a Kansas, a Texas Tech type knocks off Oklahoma because maybe Oklahoma takes them lightly. Is that kind of what you're forecasting there? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm picking a. Hmm, I, I'm not sure. I feel confident in, in naming a no, team. That's fine. But teams have been close the past few years. They've had games that were close. It wouldn't shock me if OU had a loss in Lubbock to Texas Tech this year. If, they, if just Texas Tech found a way to get a win. Um, 
it wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma State found a way to win one game in Norman. I mean, it would it OU or UCF is the weekend before Bedlam in Orlando. So like, I I can see opportunities for teams to find a way to snag one, right? Um, so I'm gonna that's but I, I'm gonna it's my that's it three losses, which doesn't sound crazy, but like, like it. it hasn't happened in a long time. Well, if you think about it, Baylor last year beat them. I know it was technically a non-conference game, but they beat them at home. The year before that, Baylor was a foul ball catch away from beating them in Norman. So they, they, they're not going to be intimidated by Oklahoma, even though they got to go to Norman on that. Texas beat them a couple years ago. Oklahoma State beat them in that Big 12 title game. The Big 12 teams have actually beaten Oklahoma more than teams outside the Big 12 the last couple of years. So... I actually, I, I made a prediction on the In the Circle live show. I think Oklahoma will, if they're, the whatever games they lose, I think they will lose more in the Big 12 than they will in the outside the Big 12. And I think hopefully the Big 12 gets that respect because I feel some some of the media out there doesn't give the Big 12 credit. Uh, they like to give a certain three-letter network uh, league uh, all the credit hmm. because they put in a bunch of teams in there that haven't, by the way, haven't played for the national title since 2017. And I'm talking about the SEC. I mean, it's a great league, but I think we get a little over the top sometimes on the coverage there. The Big 12 was the number one conference RPI last year. And it went head-to-head against the SEC 21-11. and 11. Beat them. 21 out of an 11 record there. And I do think in talking to JT Gasso in Oklahoma, they realize that the league is tough, tough, and they feel this is a deeper league now than it has been because of the additions of a UCF with what they've successful, that they've done there with Coach Ball Malone, 40 wins the last three years, winning a regional two years ago, uh, adding a BYU and Gorneekin who have built good programs there. And even Houston with Kristen Vesley, they got a reboot this year, but with that market, uh, they got some athletes on that roster. They're new. So with Taria Coleman among them, obviously the returner last year, but they got some nice young new faces there. So I think it's a deeper Big 12, which might add to your prediction there of Oklahoma maybe losing a couple more games than they're uh, used to in the Big 12. And Oklahoma fans will freak out and I'll say, calm down. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> I think my prediction was the most bold. So Wow. We're getting called <laughs> out here. Lately's wow. calling out. We got to, Eric, we got to step it up. Clearly, we're gonna have to step it up here. Very competitive. <laughs> She's bringing her A game. Hey, that's that's you know that's what we expect after your very successful career at Iowa State. As, as for the OU, can we just it? It's wild to me. That's like you, you don't. It's hard to beat Oklahoma. The Big Twelve teams don't get credit for having to play them, but it's not like anybody else beats Oklahoma. So it's like, well, you guys can't beat Oklahoma, so you must not be very good. Nobody beats them. No. One 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 team beat them all last year. Can we just can we get a little bit? Like, I I almost look forward to OU going to the SEC because I think it's going to be funny when they also dominate that conference. And it's like, yeah, oh, I, it's just Oklahoma, yeah. y'all. It's just, it's just Oklahoma. It's not the SEC teams. The Pac-12 teams have had cracks at Oklahoma and they've not been successful either. I think UCLA might have been the last team to beat them outside of the Big 12. Uh, that was a couple of years ago to force an if necessary game. And then Oklahoma responded by run ruling them. So, uh, yeah. Oklahoma is everybody's been everybody's problem, not you know just the Big Twelve. No, not just the Big Twelve. Uh, they will be the Big 12's problem for one last year. Texas will be the Big 12's problem for one last year as well. So definitely going to be a great season. Uh, this has been fantastic. I'm looking forward to doing this every week. Now I know Eric will kind of be in and out. There's a couple weeks you're going to have to call some games, and we'll uh, we'll have someone fill in for you. But Eric's going to be here uh, throughout the season. Lee will be here every week. You know barring something popping up. And I, of course, will be here because someone has to wrangle <laughs> all of this nonsense. Uh, I, 
uh, you know, sick children aside. Uh, so this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Leah, where can everybody follow you on all of the social media platforms? Oh man. I have different handles for everything. <laughs> what? Oh, Personal. Oh, no. I like well, the So Leah without an H CJ 12 or 21, just type both of them in and you'll find me on either one. Twitter, Instagram, follow me on TikTok. That's my favorite. And yeah, that's where you can find are, me. Are, are you a TikToker? Do you make TikToks? Me? I am a yeah. I am a massive TikToker. Leah CJ12. Follow me. All right. Leah has just signed up to be the 1012 network uh TikTok <laughs> uh <laughs> manager. Maybe. Uh Eric, plug it all, sir. I know you do a lot. I do a lot. I have a simple handle though, Eric Lopez Elo. So that's simple enough on their social media. So you can follow that. Obviously, I'll be calling UCF softball games on ESPN Plus. So when I'm not here. I'll be texting Leah for updates on what's going on elsewhere on the air. Of course. Uh, but we'll be on there on ESPN Plus. Most of the year home games will be working with Alex Powers on the broadcast. I will be also hosting In the Circle Softball Podcast, In the Circle SB. We just had Big 12 Media Week last week. We have all the Big 12 coaches and players uh, we interviewed is on there, among all, as well as all the other conferences. We cover every conference in that show, In the Circle SB, twice a week there. I just got named the bracketologist for D1 softball. So that's where I'd already angered people with the preseason poll. Folks, it's just a preseason <laughs> poll. We're projecting based on how you did last year. It's okay. Like you can make, this will change throughout the season, but I'll be doing bracketology for them uh, most of the season on D1 softball, plus some other TV articles uh, and content for them, including maybe the TV numbers for that Oklahoma State, UCLA, and Texas UCLA games. Curious how they draw viewers there, but so those are some of the hats that I will be uh, wearing among softball this year, as well as uh, Black and Gold Banneret covers the UCF softball team as well. Uh, <clears throat> I am going to plug, I, we are subscribers to D1 Softball. Uh, glad to see that you're going to be over there. Uh, I am going to plug one more thing because we are pro Big 12 and we are all for any voices that want to help grow Big 12 softball. So Shout out to Softball America that just kind of went through a relaunch. We like a lot of people over there, but they're launching some podcasts as well. And they're going to have a Big 12 softball podcast. Uh, Nicole Mendez, who former Oklahoma softball player, uh, was uh, doing an OU softball show with our friend Ryan Chapman last year. Well, she's going to be running the, the Big 12 show for Softball America. So I suggest you go check that out as well if you are big Big 12 softball fans. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out and see if maybe we can get Nicole. Maybe we can get Nicole to come fill in one week when Eric's out. Because again... If you're going to promote the Big 12 softball, like we're going to, we, we, we want to talk to you because we are going to be big fans of yours. So, uh, from uh, myself, from Leah, from Eric, uh, we will all be back again next week. Uh, stick, stick around because uh, you're about to hear from Houston softball head coach, uh, Kristen Vesely. A great way to spend the softball season is by rocking your favorite school's logo with some Charlie Hustle gear. Charlie Hustle core sponsors here on the 1012 podcast and for the 1012 network they make incredible vintage inspired clothing they're based out of kansas city they love the big 12 they want you to be the best dressed fan this season so you need to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today with every big 12 school currently minus cincinnati keep tweeting at them folks they do have colorado and they've got something for everyone so whether you're going strong for basketball season, getting yourself ready for softball or baseball season, they've got something for you so you'll be the best 
dressed fan among your fans at the bar, at the game, wherever you're going to go, or just sitting on the couch at home. So go to charliehustle.com. Use the promo code 101215, that's T-E-N-1215, to get 15% off all non-sale items. By the way, if you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, they have plenty of things for you there. So go to charliehustle.com. Don't forget that promo code T-E-N-1215 for 15% off your order on all non-sale items. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. The season officially gets underway this weekend. I am I am excited. I am thrilled. I am it's finally here. We don't have to keep doing just pure preview. I know our latest guest is excited as well. Houston softball head coach Kristen Vesely. Thank you for joining us again this year here on the 1012 podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. Absolutely. I am I know I'm excited for the season to start. And I am excited to finally see the new programs, BYU, UCF, and Houston in the Big 12. I can only imagine that my my excitement pales in comparison to you, your staff, and your players to finally be able to, to get out there and start playing some games as members of the Big 12. We're thrilled. Uh, we're in a new conference. We've got an ambitious team. We have strong leaders. We have new coaches. So we are absolutely excited to get the season going. Um, there's a lot of things we feel like we know and we'll only know when that first pitch happens we'll be able to see all the hard work that we put in this fall so we're to say we're excited is is a, a minimizing it <laughs> uh yeah i i agree i'm 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 ready i'm i'm ready to see it on my tv i i know uh you guys are obviously excited as well new i think is kind of let's say new is the is the word to describe this season for you guys obviously a new conference but i mean Two brand new assistant coaches in in Hope Troutwine, which I think Big Twelve fans are very well uh, aware of that name. Nadia Taylor, who had four years at Texas, and and we'll talk about them in a second. But I want to start with I mean it's a very new roster. This this feels like a this was a kind of a roster overhaul. I don't there's none other school that I think experienced this from a softball standpoint. We're used to seeing this kind of stuff in football and basketball. I'm not used to seeing it in softball to see ten play, or nine players out and ten back in. I want to, I want to, I think overhaul is the right word to use because I am curious from your standpoint, what was, what was kind of the mindset when you looked at the roster and started planning this off season for your arrival on the big 12 to, to kind of make this kind of change? Um, You know, as a leader, we look at things, we look in the mirror first and we address our program, we assess it and we weren't where we wanted to be and we weren't where we needed to be with the transition from mid-major to power five in the big 12, we want to be competitive. We want to compete for championships. So we had to make some necessary changes that, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's for the betterment of the program and to represent our university and athletic department well. And it's some stuff that, you know, even as a leader, there's a lot of adjustments that I had to make. Um, and this was a st- summer we basically got to kind of start from scratch and create a new vision and then go find players um, that can make that happen. I mean, a, 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 like I said, Nine out, ten in. Uh, let's talk about the out first. We, I think it's kind of—I don't want to say I'll call it a dirty little secret—but I think we all understand that, like, the transfer portal works both ways. Players want the opportunity to go and do play somewhere else, and sometimes coaching staff have to look at the opportunities for players and say it may not be best for you to stay here because the opportunities that you want aren't going to be available to you. What were some of those conversations like with the players who did leave the program this off season? I think we're transparent, like. As a as coaching staff, we're transparent. 
this is where we are. This is where we want to be um, and how we're going to make those adjustments. Some, you know, athletes look at it and go, okay, I don't want to be a part of the transition or some athletes are like, I want to play. Is there an opportunity for that? And we had honest conversation at the end of the day, we're doing what's best for the program and the players. And I think a lot of it was amicable. We we're making sure that we were doing what we had to be, had to be done as a leader also, the players want to play, and we always want to encourage players to find opportunities somewhere if they can get on the field. Um, they only get four years of softball. I mean, sometimes five because of a national pandemic that nobody anticipated, but our world pandemic. Um, but making sure, you know, for us that we're supportive. We're supportive of athletes if they want to go somewhere else or they want to get on the field and that opportunity is not here is trying to help them find a new home. When you went Looking in the portal. I don't want to say shopping. It's a weird word to use for it. But when you you went looking in the portal to find new players to add to the roster along with the freshmen you brought in, what was your mindset? What were you looking for aside from just, you know, we need some pitchers, we need some some people in, in the outfield or at second base? What were you looking for? Players that wanted to contribute and be a part of redirecting a program. Um, not only did they have the physical talent, they had the mental makeup and the willingness to buy in. And that's something as a coach, I know we talk about it. We had to go find those players and we wanted a couple that were dogs and dogs trying to eat. And that's exactly what we want. We want to make sure we have, you know, aggressive personalities, aggressive players. You know, we had to pivot 180 degrees from where we were. And I think we did that with who we signed off the portal um, and how we've been training and how we've been developing these players. I mean, you, I think dogs is the right word. You brought in some players who have some some real experience, especially in the postseason, which what you guys are uh, trying to get to. Uh, you look at Jasmine Rollin from Arizona State. You look at Lair uh, Boutte from Tennessee. You look at Shelby Smith from Seton Hall. Like You brought in some players for this season that have experience both in postseason, deep into the postseason, and, and being starters on some very talented teams. And it doesn't, you know, and this list doesn't stop there. Kennedy Thomas came from Cal. They had a run last year in regionals. The year before, we brought in Taria Coleman, who's a national champ, brought in Brie Cantu that year as well and had experience in the World Series. So, again, making sure that we continue to bring in players that understand what it takes to get there, but that are also willing to represent our program. And wearing Houston across your chest is a badge of honor. And having players to understand that, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we do as a program. Um, and all of those players you named, I mean, they're ready to go. They're ready to make program history. Uh, I think Shelby Smith is, a, is an interesting example with from Seton Hall of someone who's from the Houston area. How much do you look for players who are from Texas, are from Houston, and want the opportunity to come back home or closer to home when you're looking at players in the portal? A lot. A lot. I mean, Texas is a great softball state. The city of Houston produces top talent every single year. Um, so when we see kids on the portal that are from here that we've seen play since they're 10 or 12 years old or had the experience working with them at camps when they were young, we know who they are. We know who their families are. We know that they have a different level of pride because they're playing for a city and a school that's in their hometown. Um, hotbed of talent and we recruit every year against other big 12 schools the sec the pac 12 so uh, i mean obviously if they get on the portal and they're from this area like we want them we want them to represent their city your pitching staff i don't think there's anything about this team that the team that's more new than the staff every arm is gone from last year and you've got a whole entire new pitching staff 
what was the thought process when you went in looking specifically for your pitchers? Is this a, we need an ace and then just some people to back her up? What, what was, what was your mindset? What were you looking for? We kind of went differently. We looked for pitchers that would complement each other and we looked for ones that were different in age. So Shelby has 200 plus innings for uh, 180 to 200 innings the last two years. She's a horse. She can handle it physically. She can handle it mentally. Um, so getting her was a big get for us. We have Nikki Badeau, Again, came from Maryland, was a freshman last year. I mean, she has four years of eligibility left, and we're able to build her and Shelby both complement each other. And then with Paris and Tamaya, we're able to build out our roster to make sure that they all throw something different. They all throw different speeds. Now it's up to us to make sure that we're strategizing to execute based on their strengths. Do you guys have your lineup set? We do. Are you ready? Like, do you ready game one? You're like, this is the lineup. We know what it is. Everybody's, this is everybody's role. Do you feel comfortable and confident? Or is there going to be some tinkering and experimenting and playing through the first few weeks of the season? The best thing about being a coach is not knowing who's going to start. And having <laughs> depth at every single position where there's competition. And that's where we're at. We thought we had a couple players separate themselves and said, okay, this is who's coming out of the fall, looking the best or having the best opportunity to start. It has not. Since they've been back, it's been a competition every single day. Who is the best in the spot? Who can contribute offensively? Who can run the bases for us? Who contributes to the competitive spirit? Who responds well with adversity? I mean, every day we are evaluating them and evaluating our strengths and weaknesses as a team. We do not have a starting lineup as of today. Um, and I know that sounds crazy. We have a couple of players that have separated themselves from the pack um, and that are on the whiteboard, but as of positions where they're at in the lineup, absolutely do not have a starting nine today. We've got about a starting 18. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, it's a terrible thing to have to have too much <laughs> talent, too much competitive talent on the roster. What a what a terrible thing to have to deal with. Um, one of those players you mentioned, her Taria Coleman, who had come in from Oklahoma. One of the benefits of Oklahoma having a stacked roster is sometimes those players look for opportunities to play. She had an incredible season for you guys. Hit set the Houston single season record for on base percentage at uh, .503. Was the first team All AAC player, and now I mean expectations are high for her in the Big Twelve and for you guys this year. Obviously, competition level is going to go up. Expectations for her as in her junior year are going to go up. How is she handling that pressure mentally? And, and, and while I assume you guys aren't putting that pressure on her, that still pressure still exists of you've become a name people know and are going to pay attention to in the Big 12. How is she handling that? You know, the best thing about Taria, she's very composed. She's not a highly emotional player, which allows her the opportunity to perform on multiple stages. Uh, she performed great last year, and that's not even the best to come from her. So this year with her, I mean, she's working just as hard as everybody else. I mean, she's getting challenged. We do put the pressure on them at practice to see how they handle that, um, challenge them daily. And for her, the best thing we could have done is surround her with hitters that are equal to her, if not better, on a bad day for her. So it gives her an opportunity to put her shoulders down and not carry the whole offense um, like a few of them did last year. We mentioned early on, you've got two new assistants on this coaching staff. Nadia, uh, Nadia Taylor, who played four years at Texas, spent last year at, at Michigan State. Uh, Hope Troutwine helped lead Oklahoma to the national championship in 2022 as a pitcher. What, what were you looking for when you went and found two new assistants to add to this roster? We're looking for hourly competitive coaches. Um, and that was something we hired Coach Nod first. Her experience, she has, she played at Texas. She has experience in tech, um, 
in the Big 12. She's also from Humble, which is north on the north side of Houston. So finding somebody that's homegrown and that has just as much pride as in the city is huge. Um, her standard every day never wavers. And that was something that has been really refreshing as a head coach is that she can handle her own area and you don't really have to manage it or look over it. Um, she has an opinion. She's been able to contribute on some things, you know, with her still playing pro and athlete, athletes unlimited, some of the stuff that's coming out, they get access to first. We've been able to implement right away. Um, so that was a big deal for us just to find somebody that's competitive. That's, you know, kind of aggressive and wants to win and knows what it takes to win in the big 12. And then with hope uh, we, we interviewed and talked to a lot of pitching coaches and we kept coming back to her. Um, and I remember having a conversation with coach Gasso. She is fairly young. It's like, is she ready? And coach is like, absolutely. Um, and I trust coach Gasso's opinion. I mean, look at, she's the best coach in our game. So if coach says she's ready, then I absolutely 100% buy into what coach says and believe her. Um, so when she speaks, we listen and hope held her own. She has some of the same values that we have. Um, you know, on defense, this is how we moved. How do you pitch call? How do we work within this? What's some of your developmental plans? You know, with her still playing pro, she's still going through it every day too. So she works a lot on the physicality, the arm care, um, how how to perfect things that, hey, how do you win when your stuff's not working that day? Um, she's still in it. So she understands those feelings. She also had the rare experience to go from a mid-major to the Big 12. So that experience, none of us had on staff as a player. She brings that as a player. So that's been really cool to see, kind of pick her brain on that and learn. What did what, what what do you wish you would have known? You know, how did you handle that? What was so different? Um, and kind of getting that experience through her and helping her, you know, contribute to the staff and take leader, uh, be a leader in that area for us as well. I, having also played for Coach Gasso at Oklahoma, obviously her, her philosophies are something that are important to you and how you want to run your program. You put your own stamp on things, of course. But how big is having somebody else on the staff who's also played under her in helping you kind of implement some of those philosophies? It's huge. The verbiage, how we handle ourselves, the professionalism, the competitiveness, the expectations, how Coach Gasser runs her program is not repeatable anywhere else. Um, how she teaches players to become women is repeatable, and that's what we're trying to implement here. And we're trying to take pieces of that, we're trying to take pieces of what she does, but she has perfected the program. I mean, they're national championship contending team every single years over decades and that is very difficult as things change as players change as cultures change she's been able to adjust and stay with that um, and that's something bringing hope on is like okay the version of coach castle that i got was different than what you got you know what's what has she adjusted over the time and how she's been able to stay connected and relevant in our game and it's really awesome to have her perspective uh hope's per perspective and again as much as they're learning and we're, I'm trying to mentor, there's there's things that she's taught me as well. And that that part as a coach and a person has been huge. I want to talk about your schedule a little bit. Obviously, going from the AAC to the Big 12 is a step up in competition. Having to, you know, it's one thing to have West Wichita State and USF and UCF. Now you have UCF and Oklahoma and Texas and Oklahoma State and Baylor and all these teams that have postseason expectations as well. Um, with that increase in conference strength of schedule, what was your thought process and how you put together your non-conference schedule this year? Was it any different than you, you normally did with this transition? We made some adjustments. We love to host 
the first few weekends out with our weather. Um, and we usually get some northern schools, which is great because we don't get to play them during the year. We did make some adjustments. We get on the road a little sooner. That was something just evaluating last few years of when, what areas we need to improve on and focus on. Um, we are playing some mid-majors and we're playing some power five still. Our strength of schedule is very difficult in conference. So we met with somebody over the summer that kind of went through the numbers with us to make sure that we're doing stuff as a coaching staff to put us in the best position to host regionals or be an at-large bid. Um, so making sure, you know, we're doing what we need to be doing on the backside, adjusting who we play, looking at it based on the four columns of, you know, RPI breakdown, softball's off, also implementing the KIT form format this year. So kind of learning that as well and kind of understanding how that works and talking to some basketball coaches and seeing how they use that to their advantage and how they learned to master those. So just making sure again, strength the schedule that we have every, the right amount of teams in each column um, that we have an opportunity to open at home, sleep in our own beds. And then we have an opportunity to get on the road early and be challenged really early. You're going to have to walk me through what the KIT format is now. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm learning too, but it, it does involve strength of schedule. It does involve, you know, the run differential. Um, I think, you know, JT Gass was the one who talked to me about it a few years ago. I think four or five years ago, he talked about it. And it's just another way to basically seed that's outside of RPI. You don't always get to pick your opponents in conference. And that's something, you know, how do you continue to reward the teams that are doing everything right? Makes a lot of sense. All right. Now I've got some research to go do. Um, okay. Obviously, Houston, part of the Big 12, started all back in, in August. Soccer's played, football, men's and women's basketball is undergoing. Have you talked with some of the other Houston head coaches about what life in the Big 12 has been already? I have. Um, I'm very close with soccer. We share a hallway. Um, women's basketball coach, Samson with men's basketball. Um, we are very transparent, uh, David with volleyball, and they basically said it's a grind. It's a physical grind. You don't get a weekend off. And not that the American was anything to, you know, lift your nose at. That's a very, very good conference, have sent three or four teams in the years past. He's like, the Big 12 is different. The physicality is different. Um, their depth on their rosters is different. So not only is it going to be awesome for us to have new experiences and go to new places, we also get to challenge ourselves a little bit different. All right. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from one of the other coaches? Find a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> he said, find a hobby. And I was like, okay, I don't know if that's a, you know, really beneficial in the wins and loss column, but that's great. Um, and again, we talk a lot about being prepared when we go here, what can we expect environment wise? You know, I, I heard from somebody in basketball that going to BYU for men's basketball was like, whoa. And so that was interesting to hear. Um, we haven't played at BYU in probably the last eight to 10 years as a softball program. Um, so we know what to expect from CF. Um, you know, we've played at OU within the last eight years. So we kind of know what to expect there. Um, we have not played at Iowa State, which is where we go this year. So again, we kind of have some, we played a Baylor last year. We have some experience with it, um, but I don't think we have necessarily the experience with maybe the environment, the weather, um, those type of things. Yeah. From what I hear, because BYU gives tickets out for free for softball, that that arena is packed and full every game. That's amazing. I do think they have one of the 
most beautiful scenery and backdrops. Mm -hmm. I remember standing Yeah. in center field, looking back and the mountain had snow on it. It was very beautiful. And their complex was very nice when we visited years ago. Um, but again, that's, that's an environmental difference for us is going to places where there's a thousand to 2000 people in the stands. That is not what we've experienced the last few years. Yeah, I mean, look, you're going to have a packed house for UCF, packed house for BYU, packed house for Oklahoma State, packed house for Oklahoma. Packed, like, it is going to be, I'm sure it's both daunting and fun to know, like, we're going to be going to environments that where fans understand softball, appreciate softball, enjoy this, are loud and rowdy. I mean, that, that's got to be, again, a little bit daunting because it puts more pressure, but also fun to know that you're going to go to places where people care. I do care. I mean, some of these places, softball is their premier sport. And with it being on the verge of being a revenue sport, how awesome is it that we get to be a part of history and help try to move it into the the black for every school? Um, you know, we have that talk of not only are they passionate about softball, not only, you know, are they going to show up and wear their school colors, they're going to pull your roster. They're going to know your guys call you by name. And that's something that, again, creates that fun, competitive environment. But those are, again, distractions that we've already trained for. All right, your season gets underway Friday night against Northwestern State. They're at home at Cougar Softball Stadium. You've got Northwestern State, Nichols, and uh, and UTSA this weekend. Coach, uh, I am I am it's a ten team Big Twelve conference. I am rooting for seven or more teams to make it to the postseason this year. So I'm going to put the pressure on you guys. That means you know you've got to you got to you might have to be one of the ones who has to step up here. I mean, preseason expectations for Houston are high from the outside looking in. It is hard to judge a program when it's gone through as many changes as yours have. Is that something that you that even like permeates into the building of like there's just there's low expectations or is it just kind of like, no, nah, all we're worried about is what we think. All we're worried about is ourselves. You know, our players and our coaches know what go on every day of practice. They know the talent that we have. Um they know, you know, the hard physical demanding practices that we've had. Um but don't think that that preseason poll's not printed somewhere. <laughs> blown up extra large hanging on a wall circled everyone know. okay good all right uh coach I, I am i am excited to have you back on the show thank you very much for your time i'm excited to have houston in the big 12 i think this is going to be a very fun and exciting season uh i wish you nothing but success especially in non-conference play uh because big 12 let's boost those rpis everyone does well beats everybody else up and then you can come beat each other up that's fine uh so good luck to your team this season thank you so much and, uh, and we look forward to having you on again Thank you for having us, and hopefully we, our paths cross this season. Sports Social Podcast Network.